107.5 K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump says he can ID up to five people who could have written that anonymous New York Times piece criticizing his leadership, but he declined to name names when asked during an interview Friday with North Dakota TV station KVLY. He says the individual's identity will eventually become public. Forecasters say Tropical Storm Florence is becoming better organized and will likely strengthen into a hurricane later today. The National Hurricane Center says Florence will then start to rapidly intensify Sunday and be a major hurricane by Tuesday set to work its way up the east coast right now pretty much the entire southeast is under flood advisories and flight delays dallas's police chief says a warrant for manslaughter has not been issued yet for an officer who killed a man in his apartment because the texas rangers have asked for department to wait chief renee hall told wfaa today that state investigators need more time to investigate thursday night's fatal shooting of 26 year old botham gene srn news Hugh Hewitt explains how important Judge Kavanaugh will be. We will have a Ninth Supreme Court justice and for the first time in my life, a reliable, originalist majority on the court. That doesn't mean anything changes. It just means that the people are going to govern and the people are going to decide and their representatives are going to have to legislate. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio for the Twin Cities on a gorgeous Saturday. More on that forecast in just moments. But first, a reminder for the Battleground Talkers Tour. Thursday, October 25th at the Radisson Blue Mall of America. Make sure you get your tickets right now at am1280thepatriot.com and we'll see you there. Sunny and 73 for the day today. Clear and 49 tonight. Tomorrow, sunny and 70. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome, Twin Cities and World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot, the show that says... Send us your tired, huddled masses yearning to see red. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog, shotinthedark.info, uh, found on the web at shotinthedark.info. I've uh, been doing the blog for 16 years now, heading for 17 here. I'm also at True North, looktruenorth.com. This is the closer, uh, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance, Brad Carlson, who just departed the studio. The closer heard every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. And of course, our good friend King Banyan heard every Saturday morning from 9 to 11 on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. Together, the Northern Alliance Radio Network going on 15 years now, on the slope towards 15 years of dominating Twin Cities weekend radio, ergo dominating Twin Cities radio. Now, I've been doing this for a while, and and, and I'm not a natural interviewer, but one of the best bits of advice I ever got was from the late Larry King. I know he's still alive, but it just feels appropriate to call him the late Larry King, who wrote a piece 30 years ago when I was out in the cold, not in talk radio anymore, about his interviewing strategy. And that his strategy was never, ever read the book. Never read the book. Because you want to approach the subject matter from the same perspective as as the audience does, i.e. knowing nothing. Uh, if you know too much about the book, you sound like a clubby insider, and it's off-putting to the listeners. And and 
That's Larry King's advice. And it sounds like an elaborate cover for just laziness. And, and on one level, it is. On the other hand, it's always served me well with one exception. And it happens to be the exception with one of my favorite guests in the history of this broadcast ever, our next guest, Amy Alcon, who writes books that, that certainly bear talking about and certainly bear giving to people who are close to you in your life who may need them. On the other hand, it does involve a week of practicing saying her book titles without running into an FCC fine. And with that in mind, uh, I'd like to welcome our next guest, Amy Alcon, to the broadcast for, uh, for, for one of the infrequent times we have the pl- privilege and pleasure of talking. Amy, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me. It is. And of course, your new book is, of course, been, has been a, the subject of a week of diligent uh, vocal drills. <clears throat> Un-F-bomb-ology, I'll just leave it with that. A field guide to living with guts and confidence. And the, the title catches me for more than the obvious reasons. I mean, this is something I've been observing for some time here, is, is that the, 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 the epidemic of people living without guts and confidence has almost become, gone beyond social pathology, but, but gone to almost a, a mark of, of, of pride in some people. The, the idea of how anxious they are and how, how hard a time they have dealing with modern life in the modern world. That, that's my in, initial take on things, Amy. Is, is that what led you to this in the first place? Well, actually, it was my own loserhood, and I am just <laughs> not one to accept sort of what the, the conditions the world imposed on me. I, I was a friendless loser. I didn't have one friend until I was 15. And then when you get friends after not having friends, you cling to those friends like a shipwrecked rat on driftwood, which I did. <laughs> yes. And I became a world-class suck-up. So, because I just, I thought, well, I, I won't say no or, you know, just do it, just give people any reason to kick me out of their lives or disapprove of me. And so what I realized is that, number one, I only had one real friend in the world. And number two, I was basically like carpeting for everybody. <laughs> Everyone just, you know, walked all over me. And so I ended up transforming. Now, I write what I call now science help, which is that I translate science and then I turn it into very practical advice. So it's in language you can understand it and then very practical. But at the time, I wasn't reading very much science. I wasn't reading it like that. And so I just pulled an idea out of the sky about what to do. And this was to act like my very, um, actually, I think she lives there. My boss at Ogilvy and Mather, her name is Kathy. I think she's in Minneapolis right now. And um, she just was so coolly confident. And so when I would go into a situation where I needed to stand up for myself, which I wouldn't do, I would act like her. I would put on her whole persona and be, you know, like, no, I will not accept that. And so I saw that by behaving as her that I was treated well, that I was not chased out of places with a broom. And so I slowly began doing that as myself. But there are good scientific reasons why it's really smart to start with these training wheels of trying on somebody else's self-respecting persona. You know, it's very interesting you say that. And and by the way, the whole idea of growing up with that, that sense of loserhood is it will surprise no one who's known me for any length of time. I identify with it closely because, again, I had almost no uh, real friends until I was 15. And, and again, my best friend in the world is a friend I made when I was 14, 15, and, and, and still is one of my best friends wow. in the world. And I also had the fortune or misfortune of 
coming to some extent out of my shell by starting in radio when I was 15, but also realizing that everyone who was above me in the business was slime, and and so I the, the people I was the erstwhile people I looked up to were were some of the I mean they, these are people who make music industry executives look like 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 nuns and, and monks, and so oh and so I had that kind of the double whammy going on, and that's one of the great life lessons I learned without the benefit of a book, and much too late in life in many respects is the idea that uh, that that patterning yourself. After someone else, and the term I guess I use or have copped onto is is fake it till you make it. I mean, if being yourself isn't working, be someone else. You know, kind of rent someone else's persona long enough to to get somewhere. And it's kind of interesting you didn't put it in those terms, but a similar kind of idea. Well, I, I don't really like the term fake it because right. it's so it's so negative. And actually, what I say because this is actually wiser: impersonate your way to being the real you. And the reason is, so we have something, we get something called cognitive overload, which is a fancy title for, oh my God, I cannot carry all these things. And what that means in terms of our psychology is, if you're trying to fake it with somebody, you're remembering, oh, I should stand up straight. I should not dig my cuticles. I should speak in this voice from my diaphragm instead of my terrified voice like this. Oh yeah. Um, And then you have to remember what you're going to pitch to them. Our, what we have, our working memory, it's like this whiteboard for stuff we need in the moment. That does not handle all this stuff all at once. And so what happens is you basically like collapse on the floor. You know, all of that goes away. And what happens is when you put on somebody else's persona, even if you're not a good actress, which I am not, I'm terrible, um, <laughs> You are putting on their physical persona and the way they speak. You could hear when I did Kathy, I was talking like this. I'm very cool. No problem. You know, I became a different person. So you don't have to think about all that stuff. All you have to do is, oh, this is fun. I'm play acting somebody else. So you're having a good time already. And then you just have to remember what you have to say. So that's one thing instead of six things. Right. And so this allows you more chances of success. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And 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 by the way, I agree with you on the term "fake it," and that's just, that's a fairly glib way of putting it. But I I noticed one thing over the course, especially as I got into my twenties, and really had to start battling against my sense of loserhood, against my need to make it in the big world. And I found that Radio Mitch did a whole lot better than real Mitch. And and, and by, by Radio Mitch, I mean not the voice, not the not the the glib DJ talk, but the idea that you kind of have to know what you're going to say before you say it and kind of plan out what you do was just a great little bit of self-discipline to help me portray myself as something other than that other Mitch that we all knew so well up till age 15. And and it wasn't so much a cognitive overload as it was just a, a, a practice uh, that of basically a set of drills I went through to make sure that I presented myself in a way other than the stumbling, stammering buffoon that I used to be. Uh, <laughs> and and, and it, it's, it's been a lesson that tided me over in le- late, well in life, but on the other hand, took me way too long to get to. <laughs> Well, this is the problem, and this is what I would like to help people do. If I could go back to my 20s and give myself this book, boy, I would, I, I would have sort of <laughs> graduated from this a lot faster. And, you know, some of the things you're talking about, first of all, I really admire you for being 15 and being, 
you know, awkward, as I like to say I'm, that I'm socially awkward. I'm actually still socially awkward. <laughs> I'm the person who can't quite leave the cocktail party conversation well. You know, I try to do better at it. But now I just say I'm 54. I'm socially awkward. It's so comforting to just admit that, like the way some people, they have a funny nose or a weak chin or whatever. You know, we all have things, positives and negatives. But what you did with that thing at 15 of like just going right into the face of the storm as somebody who is probably somewhat insecure was what I say. It's my, actually my favorite chapter in the book. Your feelings are not the boss of you. It's not what you feel. It's what you do. And these things like where you're saying these drills, you know, to realize that we get places, maybe, maybe it takes us 65 practice sessions where it takes somebody else two or none at all. But that that's okay, figure out where the door is and figure out what it takes to get you there and then do it. And that's very comforting. It's not like, it's not instant, but you know where you're going. You have a path mapped out. Absolutely. 651-289-4488 if you have any questions for Amy Alcon. Uh, let's let's go, come back to the science and the, and the, the real world manifestations of, of the advice you're giving people in your new book, whose title I will attempt again in a moment here because it takes a little bit of build up to, to get mentally ready for that. But <laughs> there's no fake in that on the radio, I'm here to tell you. Uh, but let's talk about the, the imperative for this book. Uh, I, I mean, as I mentioned, as I was introducing the segment here i mean i've noticed that there is this this idea of of dwelling on awkwardness of dwelling on on lack of confidence has become kind of a, a of a problem in our society because so many kids today the millennial generation seem to have been raised so capably not to have much confidence in life and the question is, is, on the one hand, there is that. On the other hand, you, in the blurbs for your book, you mentioned that you are uh, a science help uh, author of a science help book that assails some of the unscientific nature of the help book industry. Which, yeah. which is a bigger driver for this book, the way people are or the way the self-help industry is? A bigger driver for this book. I'm not sure I know what you're asking. I don't know. Um, I do either. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. The, the thing is that this book, well, the, the self-help industry is so unscientific. Right. So what therapists have you do is they have you come in, in many cases, some do a more active sort of therapy, but they'll have you come in and whine about your problems basically week after week after week. And they have you think about how you should be. And this book actually comes out of science called Embodied Cognition. Now, researchers always give things these lofty titles. What this basically means is that, as I put it, the mind is bigger than the brain, that um, the body is part of thinking. So, And it's essential to thinking that your body act and action form who you are. And it's highly inefficient, actually, to go about changing the way many therapists expect you to change, which is just thinking about it. And instead, action drives character. So what you do becomes who you are. As you do it repeatedly, your brain actually changes to have that be more your default behavior than your old timid behavior and let's and talk about some of so that important. we we're up overdue for a break here amy alcon sorry to interrupt okay. but let's come back to some of that in some some specific real world examples of that that people can get from your book when we come back we're talking with amy alcon 651-289-4488 author of <clears throat> on f-bombology a field guide to living with guts and confidence on the northern alliance am 1280 the patriot
Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in, in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that, that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406, or visit our website, at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Step into Chet's Shoes, where good old-fashioned customer service is always in style. Check us out today for a custom-fitting and friendly one-on-one assistance. Chet's takes the time to get to know you and your job so that we can find you just the right boot. Our friendly staff knows the products we are selling and will never pressure you to buy anything. We've been finding people the appropriate footwear for over 70 years. In a world where people hide behind avatars and get lost in the aisles of a big-box store, find friendly faces at Chet's who know and stand behind the products they sell. That's why if the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call. Hey, we want to uh, get on the line with Amy Alcon, our guest this hour, author of <clears throat> Un-F-Bombology, A Field Guide to Living with Guts and Confidence. Uh, here's a question I always ask authors uh, of books, especially like this. Who should be reading this book? Or if you, if you uh, are, are have a spare copy, who should you give a copy of this book to, Amy Alcon? Well, actually, there are two kinds of people, uh, three kinds of people who should read this. This is transdisciplinary applied science. So I translate science from across 
um, the spectrum from neuroscience and evolutionary psychology to clinical psychology. So if you're interested in science, you can read it. And if you are a person who wants to become more confident to really meaningfully change, not just by yet another book that's going to go under your bed, you are a person to read it. And then also, this book offers a lot in the way of productivity tips for people who maybe are already confident but have issues in some area. And, for example, from the Feelings Are Not the Boss of You chapter, um, I describe my own writing process. Now, writing, when the page is blank, this is just the ugliest time. It's horrible. You want to do anything, clean your refrigerator, you know, like scrub the grout with your toothbrush. And so... <laughs> What I do, knowing that I will want to give into my feelings, is I don't let them have any part in it. I have a timer, and I set it for 52 minutes, and then I get a 17-minute break, and there's a scientific reason for that. And so I just work for 52 minutes, and at first I feel like this person who's just an idiot has nothing to say, and it's not funny, because my work is supposed to be funny. <laughs> um, but then what happens is, as you get going... You start to have ideas, and you maybe look at a passage in a book, and you can get lost in your work. And this is so fantastic. But even if you just make a mess, you've made your starting mess, and so the next time you go back to that, you've started something, and you can sort of fix your mess or improve on your mess. So you're ahead. And this is why people, people who don't do this sort of thing, there are people who say, I will someday write a book. And this never happens. They die. They've never written anything. Yeah, and it's 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 fascinating you brought that up because one thing I, I I've I've done two of these episodes of trying to change things that gave me great anxiety uh, by addressing with my behavior. One of them before I got your book, and one of them after actually. Uh, one of them was okay, I've my whole life I've always been a little casual about housekeeping, and <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, and I, I trend more towards the Oscar Madison than the Felix Unger side of, of the spectrum. <laughs> if you catch my drift, and people of a, a certain age do, <laughs> and I and someone once told me. Take a timer, spend 15 minutes every morning doing something. It doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter if you get it done or not. But every morning, five mornings a week, take 15 minutes on an egg timer and just pick something, whether it's uh, scraping out the fridge uh, or you haven't had to do that in a while, but cleaning out the fridge, uh, sweeping up, whatever it is, spend the 15 minutes on it. If you don't get it done, that's fine. There'll be 15 more minutes to put on it. You've made some progress. And that has made a world of difference uh, in my life, just having that as a, as a, as a regular thing. And it doesn't give me the anxiety it used to anymore, which has been an epic change in my life in so many ways. Uh, so I'm here to vouch for at least part of that, Amy. <laughs> Yeah, and see, this is good. There's something in my book that I described from this classic social science research, and, and the, the thing's called Small Wins from this guy by, named Carl Wyke. And what this means, so if I say to you, you need to solve world hunger, well, you know, really, how? <laughs> what do I do? But, you know, I live in an urban area. Is there a homeless guy on your street? Do you have bags of bottles? Does he collect bottles? Go out and give them to him. Give him some warm socks and a sandwich and a bag, you know, a Ziploc bag. You know, you can do small things, and so then you've made a change. And in our own lives, so say we're not talking about this in terms of good deeds, um, say that you're a guy and you're very timid about actually, you know, going up and chatting, chatting with a woman. And so you decide, you read my book and you say, okay, today 
today's the day. And you go and you do it. And she's just awful. She's terrible. She humiliates you. She's mean. And she should probably fall in an open sewer. Um, okay. So this is like you failed if, if you look at it on one level. But if you look at it in terms of a small win, okay, so today, for the first time, you had some courage. You went and you talked to somebody you wouldn't have talked to yesterday. Well, how cool is that? You did something. You accomplished something. It's the unfortunate she's a terrible person and unkind. But, you know, so you can go on and say, I accomplished something, which is psychologically a lot better than I failed. So it's all about perspective, and it's, it's called actually cognitive reappraisal. When you look at your situation and you reappraise what seems to be just, you know, a rotten thing, and you say, well, what was good in that? What, what did I do that was good? And that has been a fascinating thing. I mean, it's one of those lessons that you wish you had just picked up on your own in life. But, but actually, that's one of the things I did get from skimming your book that, that led to the second big episode that, that, uh, that, that I've tackled using more or less the method that you describe in your book, Amy. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment here. But the question I have is, I mean, let's talk about the need for your book, the imperative for this book to happen yet again. It's my th- theory that our society is doing a great job of living people who dwell uh, on their anxieties and their fears, a much better job of of creating more of those people than it used to. And maybe it's good old days syndrome uh, talking perhaps here. On the other hand, I went to high school with people who'd fought in World War II and where lack of confidence wasn't considered a good enough reason not to go out and tackle the world, or so it seemed at the time. Do you think our society is is has turned via helicopter parents and all the other phenomenon that I think we've talked about in the past here into into a much better machine for producing people who need to learn to live with guts and confidence than it used to be, Amy Alcon? I do think so. I think that life's too easy now. Everything's done for us. Everything's done for kids. They have no, um, there's no psychological accomplishment for them when their parents go and work everything out for them. I mean, there are these horror stories that I hear about parents showing up at somebody's job or going with them on job interviews. It's so crazy. And there's a term that I put in the book by Nassim Taleb, who is this futures trader who's written a bunch of books. It's anti-fragile. And this is the notion that things are improved by stressors. And you need to have these character-building stressors. For example, we thought my dad was evil for this, but we had to mow, we three girls had to mow the lawn every weekend and do all these chores around the house. We felt that we were sort of these tiny redheaded slaves. Um, <laughs> but really, when your dad says it builds character, it actually does. The, the fact that you have to work, and I worked for my dad, I had to type envelopes, 10 cents each, you know, that you do these things where you're not just handed everything. This is very important. And kids used to play also in a way where they work things out for themselves. You know, they'd make a sword out of wood and they'd have to struggle to get along. And now everything's managed and there are play dates and everything's safe and secure and playgrounds have little rubber mats underneath them. So you don't learn as I did. (laughs) Don't jump off there. You're going to break your behind. You know, so it's all that stuff that kids aren't learning. So they're basically not honed into these, you know, into these adult people. They're basically children who shave. Yeah, that's that's. Exactly. Exactly. And and this, one thing I've noticed working in an industry, my day job, where I'm surrounded by millennials, and it's almost as if they, they seem, again, I feel so much like I'm saying the equivalent of get off my lawn. On the other hand, it seems like they can, they collect anxieties and ailments now 
uh, like they used to collect Pokemon when they were little. It's almost like little little merit badges of, of modern neurotic life. Yeah, and this is actually especially true of young women. And what I find in young yes. women is that there's a lack of personal responsibility. There's a New York Times story, a modern love story by this woman who had, she had sex with a guy two hours into their date. <laughs> I mean, it, she, it, it, the guy she met from Tinder, and then she was upset when he didn't act like a boyfriend afterward, you know, some loving boyfriend. And so, and she said something like she feels unsafe when men disappear post-sex. Well, you know, and, and her answer to this was men should behave more nicely which is so insane because you cannot control anyone's behavior. You can simply control your own and have those, you know, unsexy daylight dates for an hour with somebody for a bunch of times until you see if there's some affection between you and at least hold off, you know, on having sex for at least a month, you know, so there's some sort of relationship there and not just you're, you aren't just like a sex doll, you know, with, uh, you know, fleshy parts. Yeah, and 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 that's, that that actually is a conversation I've had with more more than a few uh, female friends and coworkers over the years. Uh, that 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 brings us to another whole uh, kettle of fish here. Amy, can we keep you for one more segment here? Yeah, sure. Oh, fantastic! Oh, this is this is this is great stuff. Oh, we're talking with uh, with Amy Alcon, author of uh, her new book. <clears throat> on F-bombology, a field guide to living with guts and confidence. Now, Amy, I just have to ask you, this is your second book in a row that has no doubt kept radio people on the edge <laughs> of their seats. Is this actually a marketing strategy on your part to make for more memorable radio? I have to say it was an accident. I said to my editor, of course, I can't be the girl who writes books with this word in the title. And this is a working title. And he said, oh, my God, it's so strong. We have to use it. And apparently <laughs> books really sell well with bad words in the title. But I, my friends will do an intervention if my next book has a, a bad word in the title. <laughs> I'll look forward to it. Amy Alcott, ladies and gentlemen, we'll do one more segment with you. If you have any questions, 651-289-4488. Go nowhere. It's the Northern Alliance. AM 1280, The Patriot. following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. 
Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that, that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406 or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. 651-289-4488. Number to call should you care to join us. And I hope you do. So we're talking with Amy Alcon, author of <clears throat> Un-F-Bomb-ology, A Field Guide to Living with Guts and Confidence. Okay, four down, one to go. Uh, Amy, what, what are the things in, in the blurbs for your book you mentioned, uh, the, the, and you mentioned earlier in the, in the interview here, the idea that, that much of this uh, book and your thesis here is built around the idea of, of uh, use of cognitive various variety of cognitive uh, therapy cognitive uh, behavioral science uh, we've used a variety of terms in, including some uh, grad school seminar terms for for the whole idea uh, does it tie in at all I've, I've had to go around the whole therapy go around with other people in my life over the years and and it's has struck me that as hit or miss as thera- the whole therapeutic culture seems to be and by the way it is the number two industry in the state of Minnesota I think sometimes uh, the 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 whole idea of cognitive therapy seems to have been just about the one that ever seems to ever get some results out of people and also by far the hardest for people to do, it seems. Uh, how much of this book is informed by the idea of, of the various forms of cognitive uh, engagement with, with one's uh, psychological issues? Well, I look, it's, it's actually, I, I look to action as the best driver of character. And this book is based in the best, most recent, most well-supported research in clinical psychology and memory and learning. So some of the last few chapters are on what's basically do-it-yourself exposure therapy. And what exposure therapy is, it's exposing yourself to what you're afraid of so that you basically see that your fears are stupid. 
And so you can start behaving in ways that are not fear-driven and eventually have that become your default behavior. Because as you repeat behavior, your brain's like, oh, yeah, wait, that again, cool. And, um, and it, it starts to just go, okay, well, you're, you're going to do this new thing, and then the new thing becomes a thing. And so your brain just goes straight there instead of going to the old timid behavior. And so this is all, this, this comes out of research by Michelle Kraske, who is the best person in it at UCLA, whereas therapists, most therapists are probably using the old model where they try to make your fears go away. This is bad because it doesn't allow learning. What she does is she says, here, I'm going to stick your fear in your face. So she has people come, I love this, they, if you're claustrophobic, you have to show up at 3 o'clock every week and she locks you in a closet. <laughs> or if you're afraid of spiders, here, hold Freddy the tarantula. And so what happens is, you know, you think before you get locked in that closet or hold Freddy, oh, my God, it's horrible. If I'm, if I'm in space, it's going to be so horrible. But you see, okay, it was not really, you know, a fun thing. I didn't really like feeling that furry tar- tarantula leg on my hand. But that it didn't kill you. It didn't obliterate you from the plan. It was merely uncomfortable. Can you deal with uncomfortable? Yes. More and more so as you experience it in small doses. Absolutely. And I, and I, and believe me, claustrophobia, since I'm six, five flying coach, I, I've certainly had to self, self, uh, cure myself of claustrophobia a few times over the years. Uh, shot of knob Creek helps, but yeah, uh, you, we learn how to cope by, by various means. You, your, your book has, has some things to say about the, the, the notions, uh, of, uh, self-esteem, of shame, the notion of willpower and so forth, uh, attacking the, the, the lack of scientific basis for the importance of these ideas. Could you go into that? Because especially having kids in school, I had to run into the concept of dealing with kids' self-esteem uh, as opposed to self-respect over and over and over again. Uh, what, what's, what's the science regarding these concepts, Amy? So interesting. Well, wh- what I should say is that figuring out what the science is allows you to fix the problem, whereas going on the idea, the very unscientific idea that self-esteem, for example, means you like you, that, that keeps you, I mean, it's just not a functional idea. It's just like, why would this have helped you function in an evolutionary environment? Because our psychology that we're operating on today even though we're in modern times, it's basically perfect for hunter-gatherer bands a really long time ago. So what actually self-esteem seems to be, it is our appraisal of what other people think of us and then how that makes us feel in the wake of that. Now, there's a reason for this, and it's that if you were living in one of those bands during very harsh times, you needed to fit in with the tribe because if you got kicked out, There were no Motel 6s, no 7-Elevens. You'd probably die. (laughs) So you needed to either monitor, and you needed to monitor how you were seen by others, and if you're liked, keep doing what you're doing, or if people see you as a jerky freeloader, you need to fix that because otherwise you could die. So that's why it's important for us to have these feelings. But if you understand that these feelings come up because of this evolutionary psychology, you can decide sometimes, okay, people are not going to like me if I do this, this thing that causes me to, where it's basically when you talked about self-respect, that you behave with self-respect, even though they might be opposed to that and think you're a jerk because it doesn't fit with their idea of what's valuable or right, right. you know, that you're going to be able to override those bad feelings and just say, okay, 
feel bad, feel bad's going to come up. We're going to just ignore it. And that's why it's helpful to understand the reality of shame, of willpower, of self-esteem, each of which we have these unscientific ideas about that are just pervasive. How about the scientific notion of anxiety? Because that's the one I've been, it's, it's been, I don't want to call it the fad uh, diagnosis uh, of, of, of the last five years, but on the other hand, it is everywhere. People are owning the fact that they, quote, have anxiety, end quote. What is the scientific basis of anxiety and, 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 and how, broadly speaking, to deal with it? This is so interesting. Okay, so fear, and these, these things come out of the body. Fear and anxiety, there are bodily symptoms of these. Yeah. You know, breathing fast, um, um, having your eyes widen, having your, your, your skin come up with goosebumps. Adrenaline. Fear is in the moment. Yeah. So fear happens before you actually even realize it, that you're in a dark place and you hear something rustle. And so before you even consciously know that, that this has happened, you, part of your brain called the amygdala, which is a threat detection center, among other things, goes, uh-oh, and sends messages out to your whole body. And um, so that is something in the moment. Anxiety is predictive. Anxiety is, oh, something bad could happen. And so I believe that the, the fact that we are not dealing with stressors, that we don't have stressors in our lives, that we have these emotionally easy lives and physically easy lives, that these things promote anxiety. And I just want to give, there's such a great tip from this Harvard professor, um, Alison Woodbrook. She said, because of what I said about the body, how anxiety, oh, our heart's pounding and, um, you know, breathing faster. You know what else that's like? That's like excitement. So when I used to be scared before public speaking, a thing I've conquered, yay, um, <laughs> I would do something she found in her study worked, which is to reappraise anxiety as excitement. And you say, I'm excited. And I would dance to some Aretha Franklin <laughs> and in, in a bathroom stall if I was going to be on TV or something. And be all, oh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. And you think, oh, my God, how dumb. But actually, it works. We tend to believe our brain thinks that we're not stupid. Yeah. So when we do something, it thinks it's meaningful and it's having an effect. Absolutely. And by the way, it's fascinating that you brought up that example. My father is a speech teacher, a great one, uh, one of the two best teachers I've ever had in my life. And, uh, yeah, he taught me that exact lesson. Uh, to, to paraphrase uh, the, the classic movie Red Dawn, you let it turn to something else, turn to excitement. Uh, that's that's a fascinating. I, I, I'm, okay. I've got a few people I need to give copies of this book to. I'll just say that right oh, up good. front here. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of which, if you're, if you're hearing something you like here uh, in the audience, how can people find out more about the book, Amy? Oh, well, you can go to your, your independent bookseller, to Barnes & Noble, to Amazon. It is Un-F-Bombology. That was so great, by the way. You gave me a great new name for the book. Oh, thank you very much. That <laughs> for the radio. Yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I'll post a link to the Amazon uh, link uh, at my blog, Shot in the Dark, here uh, sometime after the broadcast here. I'll make sure we get that out there. Because honestly, if you have uh, people in your life, especially, and I'll just I hate to hate to stare at that, but especially millennials, who seem to be so given to to being paralyzed by these sorts of things and and need <clears throat> to be well on 
unwrapped, let's just say, uh, by, by some of the advice you're giving. I can absolutely see a, a lot of people in my own life and a lot of people in the lives around me that could stand a, a read through this. I'll, I'll post that link at Shot in the Dark to Info later on here today. So uh, obviously, I've, I've already got one copy spoken for here, Amy. Uh, so what's Thank the, you. Absolutely. So what's the next project here? I know we, we've come to like this four-year cycle with you here uh, as far as getting <laughs> new books in, in the hopper here. What's, uh, what's next on the agenda? I am doing a medical expose. My agent will come wring my neck if I tell you the subject. That's all right. But it is going, it's going out to publishers, to editors now, and um, it's just by being a medical outsider, by not being a doctor, I don't have the arrogance doctors sometimes have of thinking that they know everything. So I dig deep. I'm, I'm in the caverns of medical history oh. and then into the present. And I figured out um, basically what people should be doing, which is not what doctors or um, medical organizations think they should in a certain area. Oh, fascinating. This, this absolutely happens to, to trip onto a subject that's become of great interest to me very lately here. So uh, pencil us in the calendar here when you start doing the book tour for this, Amy. Um, I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. Thank you thank very you. much. This was great today. Thank you. It always is. Oh, thank you very much. I, 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 I thank you for saying that. It's always one of my favorite interviews every every four years whenever we get around to it, just just, just <laughs> right. before midterms. Amy Alcon, ladies and gentlemen, the the author of <clears throat> On F-Bombology, a field guide to living with guts and confidence, uh, along with the rest of her library of books, all essentials for at least someone in your life. Thank you very much for stopping out here with us today. We'll do this again soon. Uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. When we come back, Senate Candidate Jim Newberger joins us to talk about the latest in his race against Amy Klobuchar. That and much more on the Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. If you're anything like me, the summer road construction did a number on your windshield this season. Hi, John Wichko, owner of Advantage Auto Glass, here to thank you for a great summer and to remind you that with cooler temperatures, those small cracks are going to turn into big ones, seriously compromising the safety of your windshield. Now's the time to take care of them and get that new windshield you've been needing all summer. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396, and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work anywhere in the metro. We're a local, family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service, and we do all the billing, all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage, and we'll take care of everything. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Last year on June 11th, over 200,000 homes in Minnesota were affected by storm, wind, and hail damage. Unfortunately, insurance companies only give homeowners limited time to file claims to complete work, replace or repair damaged siding and roofing. If you have not filed a claim yet, or maybe you were denied by your insurance company and feel like you have legitimate damage to your property from last year's storm, call Storm Group Roofing and Siding, stormgrouproofing.com. If you don't file a claim this year, you'll soon be paying out of pocket. Storm Group Roofing is a local company based in Minneapolis. They're a trusted contractor that works with all insurance companies. Storm Group Roofing maintains an A-plus rating with the BBB with no complaints in the last five years. They've helped thousands of Minnesota homeowners just like you get their roof repair approved by their insurance company. Don't wait. Contact them online at stormgrouproofing.com. 
StormGroupRoofing.com Who else would you call? StormGroupRoofing.com Live under our roof. Corner Home Medical, we're there for you Cause you got a lot of living to do Corner Home Medical is dedicated to keep you moving From powered scooters and lift chairs to wheelchairs and walkers You'll always find what you need Plus that famous Corner Home Medical friendly service from people who are eager to serve you. To find the location that's just around the corner from you or to shop online, visit cornerhomemedical.com. Corner Home Medical, we're there for you because you got a lot of living to do. The governor's race is heating up. Join Larry Elder, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager for trackside analysis at the Battleground Talkers Tour, October 25th. Tickets start at only $20, so cruise over to am1280thepatriot.com to get yours today. Will it be a photo finish or a total blowout? Join the discussion at the Battleground Talkers Tour, Thursday, October 25th. Details at am1280thepatriot.com. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. And don't forget Brad Carlson tomorrow from 1 to 3, AM1280, The Patriot. Also, don't forget... You still have tickets available at a variety of levels for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming up uh, October 25th at the Radisson... Ooh, I'll have to get the event. Anyway, go to am12a.thepatriot.com. Uh, is it the Radisson Blue? I can't remember. I think so. I'll have to look it up here. Anyway, wherever it's at, the tickets are still available unless you want to get the Narn table, uh, in which case you're out of luck. There's still tables uh, available at the Michael Medved table. So go to am1280thepatriot.com. And uh, get involved in that. Uh, my pleasure to welcome back to the broadcast, as uh, noted a few minutes ago, Senate candidate Jim, uh, candidate Jim Newberger, uh, Representative Newberger, uh, out of the campaign trail, wanted to join us today. Uh, Jim, what's what's news? What's going on on the campaign trail this week? Oh, Mitch, it's been a great week. But you know, I got to tell you, you've got the coolest bumpers. The, the music is just <laughs> you. Are, I don't know who's picking the music for you, but they uh, they need a raise. <laughs> it's a it's a committee of several people. We run up through run up through the executive. Now I I do that before I the see. show every day. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you very much. Much obliged. Uh, it's You're a, welcome. Every, every day is a team effort. Uh, so so Jim, I, <laughs> where where are you at today, and what's going on on the campaign trail? Uh, today, uh, today uh, we started the day up in Palmer, Minnesota. We were in a parade up there, and then uh, we uh, rocketed down to Bloomington, where I'm going to be at a uh, at a. There's an official Chinese organization. They're having a convention uh, that I'm going to be visiting with. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm going to be doing a bunch of media today, talking to you. Uh, and then we got other appointments tonight. Uh, we're going to be over in Deep Haven and out in the western side of the state. Uh, it's just go go go, and it's going really good. Um, we had such uh, we had a gift wrapped package uh, this week. Uh, we, this whole Senate nomination uh, process that they're going through this this charade, um, or uh, some people are calling a you know a freak show. Um, it's it's just a big swing in momentum towards uh, our side 
and it's just been a really good week for our campaign. Tell us how you're sensing this change in momentum, Jim. Uh, this is, I mean, we've, we've seen some signs. For example, uh, Cook uh, upgraded Karen mm-hmm. Housley's race from likely Democrat to leans Democrat. You obviously mm-hmm. have a slightly tougher race that, than Karen has, but on the other hand, it's, it's doable. How are you sensing this change in momentum out on the campaign trail, Jim Newer? Yeah, two big things. Number one is uh, Senator Klobuchar, her approval ratings are dropping, and she has never been this low um, at, at any point in my in my memory. That's number one. Uh, number two, just this absolute uh, barrage of, of emails and calls that we get, people uh, that, that want to get on board with the campaign, uh, that want, they, they want to help out, that we just love that uh, when folks are, are stepping up to, to get energized for this. And then also, uh, you know, the folks are starting to donate a lot better, um, and we're we're really uh, gaining ground there, especially with the small do- uh, small dollar donors, uh, folks. You know, if they, you know, maybe they've never given twenty five bucks to a campaign, but you know, they're thinking, hey, you know what, uh, this this is this is going in the right direction, and they and they they go on our website, they give twenty five bucks or fifty bucks, and you know that adds up really quickly, and we can we are so effective. Uh, with with the small dollar donors, it's just going really well. I, uh, and you'd think after this past week, you'd have to be seeing some people reappraising Amy Klobuchar. I, I don't know about you, uh, Representative Newberger, but watching Amy Klobuchar's performance in these confirmation hearings, well, let me demonstrate. If I were to present myself in public the way she did, reading off of that prepared <laughs> statement, people would laugh me off the air. And I don't know why oh, people absolutely. aren't doing the same with Senator Klobuchar. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, they're starting to. And, you know, if we look at Senator Klobuchar, um, you know, when, when, when this whole process started back, um, oh, it's just a couple months ago, uh, she came right out of the chute. You know, we had the retirement, and she came out and she said, you know what, um, I'm, I, I'm not going to support anything. We, we need to wait till after the midterm elections. And then this whole time she'd been refusing to meet with any candidates uh, as the process narrowed down. And then it wasn't until the very end where she said, well, okay, maybe I'll talk to this guy, but I'm still not, not going to uh, vote in favor of this. And then when I debated her at the NPR, when we parachuted into enemy territory and, and had our debate at NPR, um, which I thought went really good. Yeah. Um, she flat out said, "Hey, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to get on board with this. I'm not going to support this." And you know, that's just. It's just proof that she's a do nothing senator. Um, her job is to represent the entire state in the U.S. Senate, and it's her job, regardless of how she feels, to sit down at those committee hearings and listen to what's being presented to make a informed decision. And she's not doing that. She's absolutely, again, showing her true colors where she is a 90% rubber stamp vote for the extreme progressive left. I mean, they hadn't even started the very day one, Mitch, day one. They had just started the proceedings and she threw out a motion to adjourn. Oh, yeah. How does that, that does nothing for our state. She's a do-nothing senator and she's just showing her true colors. And the folks in our state, I think there are many in our state for the first time who are really getting a firsthand look at who our, our senator truly is right now. Well, and it's about time. And, and you know, it was interesting to see her this past week uh, 
walking away from the one bit of strategy that she's ever had that's ever served her well, which is keeping her mouth shut and staying innocuous. I mean that mm-hmm. that, that statement she read, and, and I and I I can't uh, possibly uh, <laughs> I, I can't possibly criticize it enough. Just from just from the standpoint of how safe can you feel, how complacent can you be to to deliver something that woodenly and that obviously scripted for you uh, it's just dude are, how lazy are you i i, I can't uh, i i just want to take that clip and and make every minnesota voter watch oh, it jim newberger <laughs> you oh, see- i know it's just uh, i've been we've been following this this entire thing and just the like i said that the momentum is, is really picked up for us uh, this is going in such a positive direction for us because the truth is finally being uh, shown to to minnesotans now senator klobuchar has been in office for 12 years. She wants six more. That's 18 years. Yep. And as people watch this, you know, they, they go through this decision-making process, when the, and they're like, you know what, I don't want six more years of this. No. Uh, this 90% rubber stamp uh, for the extreme progressive left. And the other thing is, um, I am convinced, beyond a shadow of a doubt, along with many other of my fellow Minnesotans, because I hear this every day on the campaign trail, every day, that they believe, and I do too, that her number one goal is to impeach our president. It absolutely now, is. Jim, like Jim Newberg, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And by the way, this show trial she's been participating in this week, there's no better word for it. Uh, Jim Newberger, we got about 10 seconds left. What's your website where people can find out more and helpfully help out? Oh, yeah, please do. It's just Jim4, that's F-O-R, U.S. Senate.com. Jim4, U.S. Senate.com. I will um, post. Just, uh, I will post a it. A shot. Red tsunami coming and join me on a surfboard. Absolutely, I will post it. Shot in the dark. info. If you didn't catch it, thanks for coming on the broadcast with us again. We'll do it again before the election. Thanks for coming out with hey, us today, thanks, Mitch. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thanks for coming out today. God bless you all. God bless America. to live your dream retirement starts with your decisions today. Learn to develop the skills and confidence to own your financial future with a best-in-class education at Online Trading Academy. We are the world leader in creating traders and investors. Let us help you improve your returns and create income you can use now and in retirement. Call today for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. When the need for senior care arises, there's no place like home. Your loved ones should never have to give up living at home. Visiting Angels will provide home care for your mom or dad at home up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You'll select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. Look up visitingangels.com or call 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Franchises are available. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 to Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. 
I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, Pro-Life Across America. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Marksguns.us is your destination for all your Second Amendment needs. For firearms or suppressors, check out Marksguns.us. Their selection is expansive and their expertise is second to none. Mark's Guns should be your destination before you make your next firearm purchase. Log on and compare their prices and selection. With over 20,000 products, they're bound to have what you're looking for. And if they don't, they will find it for you. Remember the name MarksGuns.us. For all your firearm needs, it's MarksGuns.us. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 